It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 30th, 2021. My name is Philip Rosberg. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore O-N-D. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I did a very short notice and impromptu locker room ahead of Friday's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. So I'll hit on a couple points to kind of sum up the week there in the locker room. Don't forget, you can join us on Locker Room every week now. Um, I'll be doing another one Thursday at 5.30 p.m. I, I did this one. Didn't think I'd have the time to do one, but I squeezed one in. So there, there we go. So we'll, we'll replay that here coming up in just a moment. Before we get to it, though, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Memphis Grizzlies ahead of tonight's game? Check out Locked On Grizzlies. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Hello everyone and welcome to this locker room conversation of impromptu, very short notice lunch with Locked On Magic. My name is Phil Frost and I'm the host insight expert over at orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as the host of Locked On Magic, obviously. Um, we're here to talk a little Orlando Magic basketball. The Magic picking up a, a win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, but it's been largely a kind of slow you know, burn to the end of the season. We're in the final 10 games of the season. Um, my approach has always been that I want to see the team improve and get better and to see the Magic play a competitive game against the Los Angeles Lakers on Monday, to me, was a hugely successful sign for the team. Um, as was um, seeing the team kind of build upon that with a big win uh, Wednesday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. As I've told several people, 
do not expect the Magic to lose every game down the rest of the season. I didn't expect them to go on a 17-game losing streak to end the season. I still see two, maybe three wins left. One, maybe two more wins left this season in these final 10 games. Um, so I, I would urge everyone, don't freak out when the Magic win. It doesn't change where the Magic are in the standings necessarily. I mean, it might, but um, it's not going to greatly affect the Magic's lottery odds. They're still third in lottery, third lottery odds. They'll play the Detroit Pistons next Monday. Um, in a game that will be a race to the bottom. The Pistons seem to be uh, employing a different strategy than the Magic are right now. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've been, I, I was thinking a little bit about this, and this is kind of where I want to start today's discussion, um, is and, and thinking about what the Magic are trying to accomplish over the next 10 games or these final 10 games of the season. Um, and, and I think, you know, we're watching some of the teams around the Magic, you know, have different strategies for how to finish the season. Um, and how to get to the finish line and how to set themselves up, yes, for the lottery. Um, you know, I, I, I don't hide what my philosophy is on this. I think management has done the job to put the Magic in this position where they will have one of the worst records in the league, where they will likely finish, you know, bottom three. I think, they'll, I think they're going to end up with the top odds in the lottery, one of the probably third worst in the league. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'll get to second worst. Um, you know, Oklahoma City's knocking on the door a little bit. Um, Detroit's probably worse than the Magic right now and trying a little harder to be worse. And yes, I get it. That means that if the Magic do fall out of the lottery and multiple teams fall out of that top four spot, that means the Magic are going to pick later in the draft. I get what those odds mean and I get all that. Um, But I don't think that's who the Magic are. I don't think that's who the Magic want to be. And I don't think that's who, uh, where the Magic are sort of on their development curve. Yes, undoubtedly. The Magic need one of these top five guys in this draft. They need a, a talent that can propel them further than they've gone before. Um, you know, we're the guys we're talking about here are the guys that can truly transform a team. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the Magic don't need one of those guys. And I'm not sitting here pretending that I'm not hoping the Magic are going to get um, get the number one pick or, or, or anything like that. I've merely been saying and merely approaching some of these games and saying, I don't expect them to. I, I don't, you know, essentially, if you're top three odds in the lottery, you have a coin flip to get a top four pick. Um, for me, you know, maybe a coin flip is good odds. Is as good odds. Obviously, there's good odds as you can get. Maybe that's good enough odds for you. But for me, that I, I do think the Magic need to be aspiring to be a bit more and, and aspiring to get a little bit more out of the guys that they have on the roster. Um, I did describe Monday's loss to Lakers as a good loss. The Magic were competitive, um, and they were put in a position where they could learn and grow, and they can learn something and, and see their young players grow a little bit. Um, and I think that that is a really valuable tool. And again. I expected against a team like Cleveland for the Magic to kind of build upon that success, and they did, and that was really great. Um, but wins are going to be really hard to come by for this group. They don't have the offensive firepower. There's going to be games where they shoot well enough to, to compete. Um, they don't have the offensive firepower, and they certainly don't have the defensive consistency or cohesion to be competitive on a lot of nights. Um, you know, I think this, these two games against Memphis are going to be a real tough test for them, but it's only going to be made tougher because Chumo Kiki is going to be out tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. Um, he'll probably be out Saturday. Honestly, he might be shut down for the season. Would not surprise me. I mean, he's probably going to miss. He might miss the week. Um, and there, and to me, there is no reason to, to, uh, to push or hurry him back. And frankly, the Magic are not winning any games without Chuma Okiki, or it's going to be very, very tough to win games without Chuma Okiki because, A, they're really short at power forward, and B, he does a lot of really good things, and C, 
that's the kind of guy that you're really focused on and hoping to grow uh, with this group and with this lineup. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I am taking this on a game by game basis. I am looking at how the magic are getting better and what the magic are doing. Um, I think Cole Anthony has been a revelation over the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, I, I think that he is very clearly going to be in the running for all rookie teams. I joked that he'd be in the rookie of the year running. He's not. Um, he'll certainly, I think, be on, on an all rookie team this year. He's one, I think he's one of the top 10 rookies this year. Uh, but for sure, it's been it's been tricky for the Orlando Magic. It's been really, really tricky for this team to kind of find the balance between, yes, we are bad, we're going to lose a lot of games, but still finding something positive from it. And I think that's been kind of the big debate and, and kind of the big way to, to ask, like, how do we make sure our young players are still getting valuable experience and they're not wasting their time? I mean, I think Steve Clifford's absolutely right. Um, if you're just going out there and kind of running around without any organization, you're just exercising. And, you know, yes, these are great athletes. They can exercise anytime they want. We need to make these games productive and, and learning experiences for them. And yeah, if, they, if they're going to lose a lot of games in the process, but I do think at some point they do need to get a win just to say like, Hey, this works. We can get there. Um, again, I'm not expecting the Magic to win a lot of games down the stretch of the season. I think there's two wins, maybe three if they're super lucky. Um, that Philadelphia game at the end of the season has nobody's going to be playing written all over it, and that could be a game that the Magic steal, and that's going to be a game that'll pro- that might haunt the Magic forever, or it might be a game that that they they're really glad they won forever. Um, you know, we'll find we'll find out. But you know, I think a lot of these a lot of these arguments and a lot of this hand wringing just goes a, it goes against what this sport is about and what, what teams are really about and what players are really about. Uh, and B, I think it's, I don't think it's productive. Um, you know, to me, and again, I get everyone, I get what odds are. I get, get all that to me, the lottery is what it's going to be. The lottery is going to play out the way it's going to play out. There's not much you can do to control it. You can, you know, position yourself obviously to have the best odds, but at the end of the day, it's out of your hands. And so I, I've really tried to spend my time, focusing on what the magic can control anything they get is a bonus to be frank because the lottery is random you know you could finish with the worst odds. you could finish with the best odds to win the lottery and you could fall out of the top top four and end up picking fifth and that's not a bad place to be and i don't think orlando is going to get to where houston is that's not necessarily a bad place to be but again is that worth all the pain that you've gone through to get there again that's i think that's 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 really a big question. Big question. Um, Shannon, Tana, Shannon, Shannon Thomas um, commented, I really hope he isn't shut down referring to Chumo Kiki, but wouldn't mind him missing a couple to help the tank. He can be a tank buster for sure. And again, like I think you want young players to be those kinds of players. Um, again, you want guys on your team that are going to be winners, that, that want to win, that um, believe that winning is important, that are trying to win games. Um, I think that's... I think that's that's who you want on the team because remember these are people too. Um, and, and again, I, I I say this to everyone. I say this to everyone all the time. You know, a lot of these guys are going to be important for next year. Like Cole Anthony and the way he's playing is going to be really important for next year. Chuma Okiki and the way he is playing is going to be really important for next year. Um, and so yeah, you know, I, I I agree with the notion though that. You know, you don't want to throw guys out there if you can't if you can help it. Um, obviously, like James Ennis is back out there now, so he's clearly healthy to play. Um, is he a hundred percent healthy? Um, I, I would think so. Um, you know, is Wendell Carter out there right now, hundred percent healthy? He doesn't quite look it yet. Um, so it's not really clear what the Magic's kind of medical strategy is right now. Certainly, I mean, I, I don't think the front office is going to meddle with the medical staff or with the coaching staff. They're going to let them do their jobs. And, and that kind of trust is really important. And that's the kind of trust that can really get broken 
in a situation like this where management has a different goal than owner than um, than the than the coaching staff and the players. Um, you know, again, never fault players for trying to win games. Like, absolutely never fault players for trying to win games. Um, you know, there's been a lot of questions about the medical staff with all the injuries that have gone on, and, and there's been some room. There's been a rumored LinkedIn post that the Magic are looking for a strength and conditioning coach. I, I've not confirmed that yet. Um, but um, but the the big key here is, you know, everyone's kind of working, you know, on the, at their own pace, you know, the medical staff, you know, this magic medical staff has been very, very cautious of people. So they're not playing unless they're, they're comfortable that they're not going to get hurt or hurt further. Um, and, and right now, you know, maybe you don't want guys playing through super tons of pain. Maybe you err on the side of sitting guys um, because of that overarching strategy, because, you know, especially for young guys, these young guys need the off season. Um, you know, again, I, I, I would say, I would say a big part of why I think, you know, you might, you know, not officially shut Chumo Kiki down for the rest of the season, but why, you know, I'm a little skeptical that he'll play for a little while now. And, you know, again, and throw, throw out the possibility that he won't play for the rest of the season, rest of the season is I'd rather at this point have him be healthy for the off season and for the growth that he's going to need to make this off season. You know, like Mo Bamba, you know, we, we have an article coming up on Orlando Magic Daily later on Friday afternoon about how this is going to be prob- probably Mo Bamba's first healthy off season. Um, and, and how that's really, really important for him to, to make, to continue to make gains on the things that he's been good at. Um, you know, again, we can talk a little bit more about Mo Bamba if anyone's interested, but you know, Mo has really struggled with injury. He's really struggled to kind of keep, um, to kind of keep himself, uh, you know, fit and, and, and able to be out on the floor. And a lot of that, is, and, and, and not only that, you couldn't be able to be on the floor, but not only that, he hasn't been able to improve his skills. He hasn't been able to get into, to the, into a summer and really work on defensive awareness and, and figuring out how to be better defensively, technique-wise defensively. The only time he's really worked on defensive technique is in training camp and practice, and he's been limited by injuries there. Um, you know, you go back, look at his rookie year, had the, had the, had the fracture um, that knocked him out for the last half of the season was still lingering into summer league, had the injury in summer league that, you know, limited him, limited him to one game. So he really didn't get an opportunity to get better after his rookie year. And that's such an important time for a young player. Um, you know, we, I, I talked a lot about it with Aaron Gordon, how Aaron Gordon, you know, Aaron Gordon was probably a little further along than Mo was when he entered the league, but, but Aaron never had that full off season and full training camp to get better. And, and I think that's a big reason why his growth kind of stagnated and why the magic kind of had to pigeonhole him into things that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with because he didn't get a summer to work on those things. And so um, I think all that's really, really important. And so preparing these young guys for their off season, um, you know, both yes, getting playing experience, but yes, getting them, keeping them healthy so they can hit the ground running when they're out on their own training, you know, with their, with their skills coaches or with whoever they're working with. Um, that's that's um, that's something that's going to be really vital for a lot of these young players. I want to get to some of these comments. Um, uh, Shannon asked, "How are you feeling after your COVID shot?" Sorry if you addressed that. Um, that's actually next week, so I- I'm one week away from that. Uh, I am planning on doing another locker room next Thursday. Um, you know, so hopefully I'll be you know lucid enough to do it. Um, you know, so it'll probably be like next Thursday at five thirty. Um, I do. I get my I get my second uh, fi- shot of the Pfizer vaccine on Thursday. Um, you know, I had the thought while I was, I, I covered my last magic game of the season on Monday. Um, so I won't be at the Amway center for the final three home games, but you know, I, I wanted to make sure I shared this thought and I will continue to share this thought. Um, if you're listening to my voice now, whether it's here in this locker room or on the podcast, schedule your appointment to get your vaccine, make sure you get your second shot. If it's required, um, make sure you do your part to help us fill that Amway center for opening night next, next year, um, for the start of next season. It's going to be a really exciting year. 
with you know potential for a high draft pick. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac should be back in time for the start of the year. Um, there is an outside chance Markel Fultz could be back and ready to go for training camp too. Um, the recovery for an ACL is nine to 12 months. So nine months would put him in September. Um, I am more leaning toward they won't have him back until Christmas, but, um, or January, perhaps a full year, full year away. But um, there's, there's a lot to be excited about with this magic team. And there's a lot still to come. We don't know. Um, and I, and it would be great to be able to welcome this new age of magic basketball with a full Amway center, but we can only do that if we all do, if we all do our part and do it together. Um, you know, we've seen the CDC with, with some of their guidelines, um, for people who are vaccinated, they, you know, social distancing has been shorted and shortened to three feet, um, with people who are both vaccinated and outdoors, they can go around without masks, I believe is the CDC recommendation, um, we saw Orange County here in here in Central Florida release its phase its phase out of the COVID restrictions. Um, but that that those those phase outs only happen if we do our part to get vaccinated. And and from all, all I understand, Orlando is doing it's uh, doing a great job with that. Um, you know, I have a, I have a friend who works in or, in the Orange County uh, government's uh, public relations department for the mayor's office, um, and she's been leading the, she's been leading the campaign to get your shot. So if you have not done so already. Whether you're here in Central Florida or wherever you may be listening, um, make sure that you set set your appointment to get your shots. So we can get our so we can defeat the virus. Number one, protect ourselves, protect our friends, protect our family, protect each other, and yes, return to a normal life where we can fill the Amway Center and cheer on the Orlando Magic. So, um, thank you for your concern, Shannon. Um, I am doing fine. Um, I get my I get my second uh, vaccine shot next week. So, um, we'll we'll see how I'm feeling next week. Let's take a quick break so we can say a quick word from our pals at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has a tons of sports action going on with the NFL Draft, the Kentucky Derby, back as the first leg of the Triple Count, all this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, too. Before the next pitch, next tip-off, next kickoff, next bell ring, I don't know how fights start, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get to our next comment. Um, Daniel Mortensen. We need the young guys to grow and get better. Even if we land Cade and the young guys don't win and improve, we will be back to the T-Mac era if Cade is that dude. And I absolutely agree with that 100%. Um, you know, I tell, you know, I think Cade Cunningham is a very, very good prospect. 
I think Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kuminga are very, very good prospects. This is a five-player draft. You're going to get you – know, there are five players who everyone seems to be very, very certain are going to be all-star caliber players in this draft. I think there's a list of maybe four or five guys after them, from Moses Moody to James McKnight to you know even a guy like Jalen Johnson or Keon Johnson um, you know, who, are, who have star potential. Um, and, and certainly could could get there if they're in the right situation and, and then they you know have the right makeup. Um, it, the, the way the draft always works, it's never it's not always the top guys that become the stars. So there there is plenty of value throughout this draft. And of course, the Magic are likely to have two top ten picks, but those guys alone are not going to be enough to completely change this franchise. Um, it is it is very very rare that you have a player like John Morant who completely changes a franchise or Donovan Mitchell who completely elevates a franchise. And in, and in any case, those guys are elevated by the players you have on the roster already. Rookies make mistakes. Um, you know, I, I think I was in a locker room last week or a couple of weeks ago now that where, you know, we were talking about the draft and people and people were bringing up Donovan Mitchell as an example. And I, and I, and I chimed in, and I said, Hey, remember, Donovan Mitchell had that great rookie year, but his second year, we were all really disappointed with him. I mean, you look at, I mean, John Moran is a great example and, and John Moran's having a great year. And I know he's, he's had some injury issues too, but John Morant hasn't really taken the like huge leap forward that I think everyone expected after his strong rookie season. And it's not because John Morant's worse or John Morant isn't what we all believe. It's because young, like young players don't grow linearly. Um, there are like fits and stops. They make mistakes. Um, and I, again, it's very, very rare, I think, for a rookie to completely transform a team. And, and the guys that do are the good ones, are the really good ones. So McDonovan Mitchell is going to be an all-star in this league for a long time. Someone like LeBron James, uh, you know, obviously transformed the Cavs immediately. Zion Williamson transformed the Pelicans immediately, although certainly they've still got some work to do to get where they want to be. Um, there are players like that. And, and, and maybe Cade is one of those guys. You know, maybe Jalen Green is one of those guys. Maybe Jalen Suggs is one of those guys. But the safer bet is that, these are rookies that are going to make mistakes and they need help to get where the team wants to go and where they want to go. And so, yes, I, I agree completely that the magic need guys on the roster who are ready to contribute and ready to support that player or ready to, you know, kind of lead because rookies aren't going to be leaders from the get go either. Um, for the most part, um, again, it does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying it, it, I'm not saying it's impossible, but you know, so having Jonathan Isaac back is going to be a huge boost. Having Markel Fultz back, who's a really good leader and organizer, um, is going to be a huge boost. Uh, the way Cole Anthony has played these these last you know maybe two weeks has been really impressive. Um, again, I have I I am over the moon about how good Cole Anthony has been the last two weeks. I I did not ex- you know especially watching him early in the year and and again I wasn't expecting a ton from him. Um, you know, maybe I was expecting a little bit more efficient scoring or a little bit more uh, more consistent three-point shooting, um, but he has blown my expectations out of the water. Again, like I, I say this about summer league a lot, I'll say this about rookies too. The rookie year, you figure out who can't play, not necessarily who can play or how good a player is going to be. Um, we know Cole Anthony can play. Uh, we know Cole Anthony can really contribute and really add something to the team, um, and and that's 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 so important and again just his playmaking the pace that he plays at has just improved so much I mean I think Cole said after uh, Monday's loss to the Lakers that this really feels like his second season like he feels like a vet like like having the season having the play sitting out for two months with the rib injury and then coming back he learned a lot he took advantage of that time Um, you could tell the games really started to slow down for him and again it's still not all there yet there's still a lot of pieces missing and and he's got a lot of work to do this offseason 
But Cole Anthony has been over, I, I'm over the moon about how good Cole Anthony is. Um, or and again, how much better is he going to be? What role can he play? Like I have some ideas what his ideal role might be, but uh, but it's still you know very much a a work in progress as. Um, uh, you know, Bill, Bill Scaife here is jumping in the comments says, Cole Anthony grew up against Cleveland. We need a guy who can get buckets. And that's what he did over and over again the other night. And it's not just that, like, again, the way he closed that game was really, really impressive. Like he won that game. And again, for those who are like very pro tanking and, and I'm not against that. Like, I, I, I feel like sometimes I get into arguments with you because I have my position, you have your position and they, neither of us can be wrong. We don't know. We don't know the answer to that question. Um, I even I think even if you're a pro tank, tanking person though, you cannot be upset that Cole Anthony won you a basketball game. That's exactly what you want to see from a rookie point guard, and it's, it's exactly for this point that you need guys that are going to support the rookie when he comes in. That high draft pick, he ain't going to be able to do it by himself immediately, um, and you don't want him to do it by himself. I mean, I think what something that's that we don't give Steve Clifford credit enough. Um, and, and I think people have this rap that he's really bad with young players, and I just don't think that's true. Um, he's really good, and the Magic have been really good at putting young players in roles where they can succeed. Um, and the better they do in those roles, the bigger their roles become. Um, Markel Fultz was a great example last year. Um, uh, I, Markel Fultz was a great example last year of this. Um, you know, I considered and called... Markel Fultz, a rookie last season. Last year was his rookie year. It was the first time he went through a whole season without, without any major injuries or without having to miss significant time. Um, and so he played like a rookie. And I think very early on, again, especially because there's still some concern about the injury, the Magic really were careful to like clearly define his role and what his responsibilities were. And that frustrated Magic fans a lot. And, and I understand why it frustrated Magic fans. I understand why, because we all saw how good he was. And again, the Magic made him a starter five games into the season. So they understood very, very early on that Markel Fultz was their best chance to win. Um, but still, his role was still a little bit, little bit limited. And, you know, I, again, I get that frustration. I kept telling everyone, like, look, I agree. They need to give him more responsibility. They need to turn him loose. But I understand the, the, the reticence. I understand this. there's a process to this because he's such a young player. We come into this season now. He's got that full year under his belt. He's got the full trust of the coaching staff. You know, I, and, I, and I said this throughout the course of the last season too, the Magic didn't even know he was going to be able to play until, what, two weeks before training camp. So now, you know, not only that, Steve Clifford had a full offseason or whatever approximated for a full offseason um, this year uh, to plan and prepare the team to have Marco Fultz be their starting point guard. And we saw in those early games, and yes, I get Markel's numbers were starting to come down before his injury, but we saw in those early games what a truly unleashed Markel Fultz could do. And it was really, really exciting. We were all super pumped. And it's this, as, uh, the biggest disappointment this year, honestly, is that Markel Fultz's season was cut short at eight games. And we didn't get to see him continue to grow and develop. Um, and, and again, I think when he comes back, there's going to be some of those restrictions back in again. They're going to be very careful with him. Um, they're going to make sure he gets back into rhythm. But, you know, there's clearly a very big trust that's been developed between Clifford and Fultz that this guy knows how to run my team. I don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z when Fultz is running the team. You look at Cole Anthony early in the year, the Magic didn't want to start him. They wanted him playing next to another ball handler like Michael Carter-Williams. Um, and again, Michael Carter-Williams maybe isn't the best point guard, but for, for this purposes, he was a, a good secondary ball handler to kind of bring Cole along. Um, and and they had the, you know, they had some strict, some structure around him to try and bring out the best in him, to make sure he succeeded at X, Y, and Z before he got to, you know, A, A, B, B, and C, C. 
Um, obviously, injuries kind of threw him a little bit deep into the deep end sooner than they wanted. But, you know, you look at how he's developed and how he's gotten better as the season goes on, which is another big thing that Steve Clifford talks about, especially with young players. Um, you can see that, yes, the Magic do have a plan for these young guys. The Magic are good at developing these young guys over the course of a season uh, and putting them in a position where they can be successful, where they can contribute to a team and they can help them win. Um, you know, again, I think most of us would say the, ma- you know, the Magic are losing because they don't have the top end talent. They don't have a guy at the end of the day that can get them a basket as much as Cole Anthony has looked like he's been trying to do that over the last couple of games. Um, they don't have the consistency they need to be a top team. But I think the bigger reason why the Magic kind of fall behind by big numbers and why the Magic you know, are losing is because, yeah, they're forcing Dwayne Bacon to be the top offensive guy, the, the top offensive creator sometimes. Or, you know, they're relying on, you know, they, they don't have a bench. I mean, that's why they're losing so big. It's, it's not necessarily because of the big guys. It's not because of, of the, the young guys that we care about. And yeah, the young guys have been inconsistent. Chumo Kiki had, you know, about a, a three-week span where he couldn't shoot the ball, and that hurt the team. But, you know, there's still this, you know, again, Chumo Kiki is a great example of this too. There's still this tremendous trust in Chumo Kiki. Chumo Kiki has been given a humongous role um, to, to allow himself to grow and to develop. Uh, and that has been, it's been really fun watching him get better and watching him grow and, and, and watching him kind of break out of the shooting slump over the last couple of games has been really, really exciting to see too. And again, you know, I think Chuma, you know, Chuma this year was about getting healthy and getting experience again. He's going to get an off season. First off season after your rookie year is so important. It's going to be exciting to see what he looks like because you can see his confidence growing um, and the responsibilities that the Magic have given him change as the course of the season goes on too. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, there are some really exciting things from some of these young players. You know, is there a star here? I don't know. Um, but for sure, the Magic are, are you know, have a lot of young guys that, that, you know, have some potential that doesn't feel, you know, quite, that feels very untapped at this point. Um, if you are new to Locker Room, if you're, you're in the room, um, you can always drop a line in the comments. If you want to, if you have a question, you want to ask me specifically, I am here for you guys. I'm here to answer and interact with you guys. Um, and then, of course, you can also make a speaker request if you want to ask your question on the air. I'll be turning this into Friday's episode of Locked on Magic shortly after we're done recording here. Um, and, you know, I'm going to take a break, give my voice a break a little bit, and then and then I'll and then I'll edit this down and, and put this on on the podcast feed. So um, you'll get to be on Locked on Magic, which is exciting. Um, the Orlando Magic, of course, taking on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight and Saturday. Um, actually just finished watching Memphis's game against Portland. Not a lot to learn there because Memphis got, you know, bull rushed very early on. Um, the Grizzlies are a very active team defensively. They do tend to get a lot of turnovers. That also puts them a little bit out of position. Um, but I, I think that the Magic are going to have a lot of trouble without Jumo Kiki because this is a very big Memphis team. Um, you know, they got Kyle Anderson, who's a, who's a very underrated. I'm a big fan of slow-mo. Um, very underrated forward uh, in, this, in this league. Jonas Valanciunas is a really tough rebounder. I think that's going to be a really, really big battle between him and Wendell Carter this, tonight as well as Saturday. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then, uh, they bring Jaron Jackson Jr. Off the bench right now as he's returning from injury. Uh, let's get a question here. Um, Daniel Mortensen, what is really exciting is these young players will have a normal offseason, or it'll be normal enough is, is I think the big thing. Um, because I think the NBA is anticipating that they will start their 2022 season on schedule. So I do think that, you know, so obviously they'll be done in May. Um, we'll start playing basketball again in late and or the season will start in late October. Um, but again, 
having, I, I think one of the big problems that, that a lot of players face this year is they didn't know when the season was going to start. So they couldn't ramp up in time or, or give their bodies a necessary rest. Um, you know, I, I get why the NBA had to do the season. Um, I get why the NBA decided to play the season the way that they've played the season. Um, but I do think that there there are unintended consequences for it. Um, I do think a lot of the injuries that we've seen, um, both from the Magic and throughout the league, are because the schedule was so rushed because of the shortened offseason, because there wasn't a lot of recovery time. And for a league that has been, you know, hailed as – some as as a as a league that is really caring about the players, and again, the players agreed to all this. So you know, it, I don't want to put it all on the league, but um, I do think that that there were unintended consequences, and a lot of the you know kind of catastrophic injuries that we've seen, a lot of the kind of nagging injuries that we've seen, are overuse injuries from guys just having to play too much. I almost would rather bleed into the off season a little bit, let the season go into July, you know, kind of push that calendar back a little bit, a little bit, but um, but uh. Uh, but it definitely going to be uh, definitely a lot, a lot put on the, on the plate tonight. Um, you know, I haven't looked at the injury report, but no JJJ tonight would certainly help the magic. Um, it's going to be a very, very tough game. I think the magic have kind of struggled with guards too. So uh, John Morant, you know, how Cole Anthony or whoever's, or I mean, they might put Gary Harris on John Morant, to be honest. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that switch at all. Um, how they defend John Morant is going to be really, really key tonight. Uh, and Saturday in, in these games against the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, obviously we haven't seen Memphis yet this year, um, so it's going to be it's going to be really really interesting to see how how this these two teams play and how these two teams match up. And obviously, you know, I I, I think it's going to be really tough to win without Chumo Kiki. Um, you know, your backup four is I mean, who is your backup four at this point? Is it is it Dante Hall? Um, is it Mo Wagner? Are we going to see Mo Wagner and Wendell Carter starting together? I I I. I I was not super impressed with Mo Wagner in, in the game Wednesday. Obviously, I think, you know, again, first game with the team, literally just joined the team, hasn't done a practice. You know, it's 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 hard. Um, so I don't wanna be too judgy of of it, but um but I I I think I think that you know, I, I think that, that, you know, Wagner was an odd choice to bring in. It, you know, I, I think what a lot of people missed with the with the signing of Wagner is, you know, those guys have to quarantine, I think for six days. So that signing was probably in the works for a little while. Um, and, you know, the decision to cut Franks was probably made, you know, well before then, but I, I really like what Robert Franks gave the team. Um, I hope that he finds an NBA home for summer league. And I hope that he finds uh, an NBA home um, next season as well, because I, I think that he can do, do a little something um, certainly deserves a two way, two way look from someone because, uh, because I, I really like what what Robert Robert Franks Franks gave, and yeah, you know, you know, I agree with Shannon here. I, I don't get the Wagner signing. I, I think it was more stability than than upside. You know, obviously you're you're spending a essentially a ten day contract on a guy. I mean, they they signed him for the rest of the year, but you're not bringing him in to be part of the team next year. Um, you know, I think that's that's really important to note. But you know, yes, you, you might want to bring in some upside guys that you could keep on the roster, but. You know, I think the Magic wanted some stability. They wanted some veteran stability. You know, Dante Hall is just kind of all over the place. Um, Wagner does give them a little bit of shooting. Um, he is a little bit of a threat from beyond the arc. But, yeah, no, I I, I didn't get the signing either. Um, you know, with Hall here, um, you know, you're, you got to give Dante Hall a chance. Um, and, and, obviously, I think he's more of a center than a power forward. Um, Franks played that four perfectly. He's kind of, he was kind of what we all thought Gary Clark was going to be offensively. Um, obviously I think Gary Clark's a better player defensively, but, um, the magic I think needed, it wasn't quite what the magic needed. And, and I agree completely with that, with that and with that thought. So, um, definitely, 
definitely, uh, definitely not the, the, the best use of the roster space perhaps. And, and, and again, I think that's a fair criticism of Jeff Holtman, but again, at the end of the day, we're also talking about a guy who's a 15th man. who's probably not going to play very much. So, um, you know, they, they threw him in there, see what he, see what he could do. Wasn't super impressive. The spacing wasn't the best. And, and, and obviously I think the Cavs made their run with him out there with him, not knowing the plays, especially going up against the press. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best, best idea, the best signing um, that, that, that the Magic have done. Let's take another quick break so I can tell you a little bit more about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar I have ever had and the best protein bar, I think, on the market. I'm not much of a protein bar guy. I don't really do the whole, you know, workout supplements or go, go too crazy into any of that. Um, but anytime I have tried a protein bar, they're usually, you know, not great tasting. They don't taste like what they say on the box. Like, there's faint hints of it, I suppose. Um, and then you look at the nutrition facts and you see that, oh, this isn't a supplement bar. This is a meal replacement bar. I am eating a full meal here. This thing's like 250, 300 calories if I eat the whole bar. I'm not going to leave a half-eaten bar in the wrapper. That's disgusting. I'm not going to buy a bar that I only need to eat half of. That's not cool. Built Bar takes away all of that. Not only does it taste delicious coming in 18 amazing flavors, um, all of them, really, everyone that I've had tastes exactly like it says on the box. And not only are they all covered in 100% chocolate, they're all, most for the most part, under 200 calories and under 150 calories at that. This is the perfect snack bar, perfect protein bar to give you a boost after a workout or a boost to get you through your day. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. They're soft and easy to chew. They help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to join the Locked On Today podcast too for an analysis on all the best and worst picks from the first round of the NFL Draft. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, let's hear from Daniel Mortensen. Daniel, how's it going, man? Hey, Philip, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, my question is simple. Earlier, you stated that you don't see a, you don't know if there's a potential star already on the roster. If one of the guys was to make the leap, is there one you'd predict or a couple? I think Wendell Carter Jr. actually could be a sneaky one, just on the fact is that he also will have a first summer without any injuries and knowing he's the guy moving forward at center unless Mobley comes into town. But I'll listen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I've said this for a long time now. I think the only guy on the roster that has an elite skill is Jonathan Isaac. Um, you know, if, if there's a player that's already on the roster that can become an all-star, um, it's Jonathan Isaac. Um, and, and, you know, we know what he can do defensively, obviously, and, and that's his elite skills. He's, he's an elite defender, and I think that even coming off toward ACL, 
he's going to come in and help this defense out tremendously. Just just help clean things out, clean things up. And, and I'm really eager to see, you know, Steve Clifford have an offseason to kind of play in the defense too. You know, I think the Magic are still trying a lot of the defensive schemes and defensive principles that they use with the old group. And, and those defensive principles aren't going to change too much. But you can tell, you know, they're trying to blitz screens a lot more than they were beforehand, you know, because Nikola Vucevic, he's not blitzing screens. I think they only blitz screens when they went to the sideline. Um, and you can just tell that they don't quite know how to rotate behind it. It's not, it's just not something they do very often. Like Terrence Ross, you know, does, you know, knows where to be and, and does a good job kind of tagging the middle, but he's not able to get out to the skip pass to the corner as quickly. Um, you know, if you're Jonathan Isaac is the guy backing that up or Jonathan Isaac is the guy trapping the ball. Like if you can't run pick and rolls if Jonathan Isaac's involved, cause he's going to eat it up. Um, and so I think a lot of the defensive schemes and principles, you know, will be tweaked a little bit with these guys that they have who can, who can better make defensive plays. Um, so Jonathan Isaac, to me, obviously, I think he's an all-defensive team player. You know, next year will probably be the last year we don't see Jonathan Isaac on an all-defensive team. Um, I, I think he's that good. The question with Jonathan Isaac is, and always has been, is he going to be able to score enough? Is his, is his jumper going to be good enough to you know, carry a team or to be, to be a factor on the team. You know, I, I, people, you know, kind of hit me up and say, Oh, you were, you doubted Jonathan Isaac in the draft. And it's like, you know, you know, no, I didn't really doubt him. I didn't think it was a bad pick, but my question for him entering the draft process was, is he a good enough score? And, and I felt like, you know, again, the reason why I didn't think the magic were going to pick him was I felt like the magic needed a better offensive option. Obviously make me eat my words. I, you know, I, I still think I had the magic taking Jonathan Isaac in the end, but I favored Dennis Smith jr. In that draft. That was wrong. Completely wrong. hundred percent wrong. Jonathan Isaac is the better player, um, higher upside, all that, all that jazz. Um, but we do need to see Jonathan Isaac, I think, begin to take a step forward offensively. Um, we saw a little bit of that last year when Aaron Gordon was out, to be perfectly honest. I thought that that was a really interesting time for him, you know, when he had that, what, 20-something point game against the Indiana Pacers. Um, that was a really interesting point for him, and, a point for him and, and, and we didn't get to see it really develop enough that he was going to be a much bigger factor offensively. And, and I think that's really what the magic need to see from, from him and, and what's really going to determine how good he can be in this league. Um, I've told people that I think the best player comp for Jonathan Isaac is Andre Kirilenko. Um, I, I think that he's probably kind of the best, best and most versatile wing defender the league has seen since Kirilenko. Um, you know, you can put Draymond Green, I guess, in that group too. Um, but Kirilenko became an all-star because he averaged 18, 19 points per game. And again, maybe those Jazz teams weren't going anywhere because he was their best player and top scorer, and that really wasn't his game. But again, if Jonathan Isaac becomes Andre Kirilenko, that's that's an all-defensive team player and a borderline all-star. And so I think that's that's where we need to see Isaac get to. Um, but you know, no doubt, um, you know, I don't quite see the star potential in Wendell Carter. I'm not going to lie, unless that three-point shot comes along. Um, you know, I, I think Carter can be very good and very solid. I'm not sure he's necessarily a building block player yet. Um, he's proven me wrong on a lot of things. Has, you know, I've been, I, hit him on, I hit him on the defensive rebounding very early on in his tenure. That has gotten significantly better. He's, he's definitely playing a lot better on the class. Um, and the Magic are certainly a better team with him on the floor. And, and the stats bear that out, that the Magic are a lot better with, a lot better with, um, with, with Carter defensively than, than with Bamba, unfortunately. And so, um, again... I, I, I think Markel Fultz can maybe get back to star level. Um, I don't ever think he'll be first overall pick Markel Fultz. I'm just kind of looking for him to be Ricky Rubio if you're looking for a player comp. Um, you know, just a guy that's very, very competitive and, and very, very capable of of running a team and managing a team even without a consistent jumper. And, you know, honestly, I think Ricky Rubio's jumper is better than a lot of people give it, give it credit for too. Um, but really, 
you know, the, the whole project for the magic is this draft pick. Um, they need this, they need to win the lottery. Um, and if they lose the lottery and again, I, you, you can hit me on, on, well, then why don't you want the magic to get, get the, get the odds to get them? Um, the ma- I think the magic are in that position anyway. I, I don't think they need to do much more to get there. Um, but they need to win this lottery uh, and get kind of one of those big guys that they can really begin to build around. And, and that's, that's a huge piece that this team is missing is, is that, is that one guy. So uh, I am, I'm interested in that. You know, a, a lot of people, you know, Daniel chimes in WCJ could grow into Horford 2.0. And I think that's possible. I think Horford was just bigger, um, you know, again, wider, like Carter's, you know, kind of a slender guy, um, not Mo Bamba slender, but um, I, 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 I see a little bit of it. I, I don't disagree. Um, I just, I just don't think, I don't think that, he'll ever be consistently the, the better post defender. And again, maybe post defense doesn't matter anymore. Um, but I, 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 I am curious about it for sure. Um, you know, I, I, you know, that's definitely a ceiling for him. That's definitely a possibility. I'm not going to say it's impossible. Um, so we'll just have to see what Carter does next year, obviously contract year for Wendell Carter. Um, so it'll be, it'll be a really, really important um, year for him. Um, Shannon Thomas asked if the magic doesn't convey the pick and we fall to fifth or sixth. What are your thoughts on the trade? Um, my biggest discomfort with what the magic did at the trade deadline was that so much of it was, um, was put into winning this lottery. Um, if the magic don't win this lottery, that trade doesn't make as much sense. Um, and that's, that's the honest truth. Um, uh, uh, a lot. And again, like I, you know, I asked, uh, I, I, you can go back to yesterday's podcast. Um, when I talked to, to, when I talked, um, to Richard Stamen of, of locked on NBA draft. Um, you know, I asked him directly, is this a draft worth tanking for? And his answer was, yes, this is a draft worth tanking for. So again, the, ma- the bet the Magic made is if we do these deals, we will be bad enough to get top odds to win the lottery. And that will give us a coin flip chance to get into the top four. Um, and if, you know, you know, coin flip comes out right, we're, num- you know, we're number three, we're number two, we're number four. We will get one of these big guys that, that everyone's angling for. And that'll set our franchise up for the next five years. Um, that's, that's what the magic want to happen, obviously. And that's what the magic need to happen. But if that doesn't happen, then what comes next? That's, that's my big question. If the magic end up drafting sixth and ninth with the bulls pick, what happens next? You're still getting talented players, but you're not getting that transformative player that, you know, trading a trading an all-star like Nikola Vucevic away is supposed to get, supposed to get you. Now I'm not going to sit here and say, that the Magic made the wrong decision trading Nikola Vucevic. I am, I am on record um, saying that I thought keeping Nikola Vucevic was more vital than ever just to give a kind of solid base and, 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 and a place to grow. So, you know, I thought they were getting a high draft pick anyway, even if they had kept Nikola Vucevic. Um, but uh, I think the Bulls offered a deal that was too difficult for the Magic to pass up, especially considering the fact that they knew they were kind of retooling, that, you know, Evan Forney and Aaron Gordon were going to be gone. Um, you know, I, I've had my suspicions that, you know, not that Nikola Vucevic would welcome a trade, but he wasn't against the idea, especially knowing that the team was going to go through this transition. And, you know, again, you want guys that want to win. And, and Vucevic was certainly in a, in a position where he could leverage, he could leverage, um, leverage himself to say, like, put me in a place where I can win a little bit. And the magic, you know, from everything that I've heard about Jeff Weltman, Jeff Weltman's very upfront with players. He tells players exactly what, you know, from everything I understand, he tells players, he's very honest with players when they ask him questions, when they talk to him. Uh, and, and so it would not surprise me if there was kind of a mutual understanding and a mutual respect between the two between the two parties to take care of each other at the end of the day. And, and I think that's exactly what happened. Um, so um, so I, I think that 
uh, you know, I, I'm not against the trade. I, I, I think that it was a ga- it was a gamble for sure, and we will see if if that gamble pays off. Um, that's 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 going to be the bottom line. We'll see if that gamble pays off. Um, you know, I am not a big gambler myself. Um, I do think that it is a huge risk, even if it is a 50-50 shot at this point. Um, and so we'll see we'll see if it pays off. And again, like I think that's that's part of the question that the Magic asked themselves as they made that deal at the trade deadline. Coming up this week for the Orlando Magic, they'll play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight on Friday, as well as Saturday at the Amway Center. Then they'll head to Detroit on Monday. Um, then they play a game on Wednesday, and I'm blanking. Oh, they play the Celtics on Wednesday at home. Of course, Evan Fournier back in town on Wednesday, um, hopefully, and that'll be an interesting game against a, a Celtics team that is kind of struggling. So that is the week ahead. For the Orlando Magic, you know, again, some oper- you know, the Detroit game is going to be interesting. Um, Detroit has kind of started to sit their starters, but um, that group still plays hard. They they competed last night against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, gave the Mavericks a, a good fight. Um, so you know, again, don't don't count don't just because a team is sitting its starters, don't bet that they're going to roll over. Um, again, and and I think right now, kind of bringing everything full circle from where we started at the beginning of the of the podcast. Um, we want to see the Magic compete we want to see them play hard we want to see them grow we want to see them get better you know losing games by 35 teaches them nothing it just gets them ping pong balls and um you know again i I don't think those i don't think those are beneficial to a young team that's going to need to be there to support a rookie um and and be part of this new kind of wave that the magic are trying to build um and yes wins are going to be tough and and there's going to be blowout bosses along the way um you know again i don't think that's the problem the issue is we need to see effort and we need to see attention to detail we need to see the team competing as hard as they can again if the bench blows the lead if the bench turns an eight-point deficit into a 20-point deficit. Frankly, not the end of the world, you know, except for Hampton and, and Bamba. There isn't really many players coming off the Magic's bench right now that um, are meaningful to the team. But we do want to see the starters compete. We do want to see them continue to do the right things, continue to play the right way uh, and put themselves in positions to win. And if they can win some game, if they can win a couple games down the, down the road, I think those will be beneficial. And that's not just a culture thing. That's not just a win for the culture thing. That's a young players need success um you know seeing that you can play this way and win or seeing that you failed at one thing a game before and coming back and and succeeding at it the next outing i think is really really valuable for the team um so that's that's again that's where i stand i think that's where the coaches stand and that's that's kind of what i'm looking for here in these final 10 games or so um seeing there are no more comments or speaker requests um i want to thank everyone who was able to join for our impromptu lunch with locked on magic here on locker room we'll be doing this again next thursday at 5 30 p.m so i want to thank everyone who is able to join able to listen in or listening in now on locked on magic this will be friday's episode of locked on magic i'll be posting this here um in the next hour or so um so i want to thank everyone again for joining and joining the discussion being great magic fans um i'll say the reminder again um if you have not done so already go get your appointment to get your vaccine um make sure you go for your second shot if it's needed so we can fill the amway center up next year um, Orange County has put out its guidelines to less, to lower COVID restrictions. The CDC has obviously made some decisions there too. Um, so I can only encourage everyone to get their shot so we can magic together again in October or November, whenever the season starts next season, next year. I want to thank everyone again for listening to this locker room and to listening to Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to Locked on Magic on, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them. Please download the podcast or your podcast and able to listen advice. You can follow me on Twitter regularly at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be live to the game at 
Magic Daily. Thank you, everyone, for joining me here in the locker room. Sorry for the late notice. It was a late decision by me to host this, but I want to thank everyone who was able to join and listen. We'll see you again next week in the locker room on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. And, of course, we'll see you next time on Locked on Magic. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.